Good morning, everyone. This music has already got us uh, me started in a worship mode. It's, it's, it's been wonderful back there. It really has. I'd like to welcome all of our visitors. I see all of our ch young children out there. If you don't have anything to do on a Tuesday night, Tuesday afternoon, they're playing football. And they're going to be, I think I saw some Alabama scouts out there watching for you. I did. <laughs> Thursday night, Brantley plays. So head on out to Woodlawn, right? We didn't make it Thursday, but we're going to, okay? So uh, support our young people. They need it. They really do. Uh, we appreciate them. Uh, if we have any visitors, would you fill out your Connect card? You're a visitor? Well, welcome. <laughs> I didn't understand, but I'm sure it's true. <laughs> Um, also, the giving, uh, if you uh, want to pay your tithes or your offering, just write your check and give it to somebody, put it in the back on the little the mailbox back there, or give it to somebody, we'll make sure it gets to where it, where it belongs. Thursday, there is a budget committee meeting. Yay! And Wednesday... We have Bible study with uh, Pastor Ray. Next Sunday, we have worship again with Pastor Ray. And we sure appreciate him more than he'll ever know. Um, <clears throat> this week when I, I was, um, heard the news that the queen, they announced that the queen had died and that they have a new king. And you know, it just went through my head. Thank you, Lord. I don't have a new king. I have a king that's been here. He was here yesterday, forever. He'll be here today. He'll be here tomorrow. He's forever and ever. He is eternal. And aren't you glad we serve that eternal king? The one king that was raised from the dead, the true living king. Psalms 9, 9, oh, Psalms 95, 1 through 2 says, Come let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of salvation. Let us come to him with thanksgiving and let us sing psalms of praise to him. We're going to, I'm going to pray. Let's stand this morning while we pray because we are standing to a king. I saw when Charles walked in how they stood, you know, and I thought we need to reverence our king more than what we do. We thank you, our Heavenly Father, for the, day, the week that you've given us, the trials that you've brought us through, the ones that, that we haven't gone through yet, but we know without a shadow of a doubt you'll be there with us. And we thank you. We thank you for Brother Ray that brings us our message. Help us to open our hearts. Help us to get ready to sing praises unto you. Clear our minds, Lord, and help us to sing praises unto you. We welcome you into this service this morning. Lead and guide us. We ask in your name. Amen. Amen. Won't you join with us this morning as we sing the beautiful chorus, I Sing Praises.
mistake of being here on Sunday mornings early when we're practicing, we just kidnap you and put you up here like our little Carly this morning. We're so glad to have her with us this morning. <laughs> and we mean it. This, this is another song so beautiful. There is joy in the Lord. And I have seen that to every one of y'all. As you've come in the, into the sanctuary, I've seen you hugging, loving one another. There's joy in the Lord.
let's do the third verse. All right. this beautiful song. This is amazing grace. Beautiful music. Embrace the power of sin and darkness whose love is mighty and so much stronger. The King of glory, the King above all kings. Who shakes the whole earth, the holy thunder, who leaves us breathless in awe and wonder, the King of glory, the King above all kings. This is amazing grace, this is unfailing love, that you would take my place. That you would bear my cross You lay down your life That I would be set free Jesus I sing for All that you've done for me brings that chaos back into order who makes the orphan a son and daughter the king of glory the king above all kings who rules the nations with truth and justice shines like the sun in all of his brilliance the king of glory the King above all kings. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you should take my place. That you would bear my cross. You lay down your life. That I would be set free. I sing for all that you've done for me. Worthy is the Lamb 
King who conquered the grave. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy is the King who conquered the grave. Worthy is the Lamb that was slain. Worthy is the King who conquered the grave. Worthy is the Lamb that was slain. Worthy, worthy, worthy. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. That you would bear my cross. You lay down your life. That I would be set free. Jesus, I sing for all that you've done for me. Amen. <laughs> Children, you may go down now to your classes. have a pretty lengthy prayer request and I'm going to read them. Uh, please remember to pray for all of our, take this little sheet home with you and pray for the people that are on our list. Also, our children and our youth, they face things that I can't even imagine what they face now. now. But they're, in, you know, they're inundated with so much media and so much evil and so much hatred that it's hard for me quite to understand how they tolerate it. But we got your back. We do. And if um, I talked about the football players, but if y'all sit in the back ever and you hear Bonnie singing, she's got it. She can sing and we appreciate that girl. Um, we still want to be praying for our pastoral candidate. Um, I can remember we should be fasting. I can remember my dad fasting when he was when I was a child, and I begged him to eat because I thought he's going to starve to death. I didn't understand, but um, we should be praying and fasting for that because we want the right person here. We need him, and he needs us. Um, I said he could be she. <laughs> um, the Patrick Anderson family. Dinah and Ray Owens, we have, that's a praise the Lord. Both of them are feeling good. Uh, Royce and Shirley Lowry, Mickey and Mary Albritton, Janice Collins, Larry Lawson, Candace Franklin, Charles and Phyllis Green, that's James's sister and her husband. It's hard to watch your kinfolks that were so active go down so quickly. Jerry Crane, um, Gary Adams, Jane Jones, Larry Worsham, the COVID situation, our missionaries, our churches, the lost. And if you have a prayer request, we ask you to call the office at 323-2982. Uh, and for a text prayer group request, 
contact uh, Karen Oldham, and we appreciate her doing this at 575-644-8667. And Brother Ray, again, we appreciate you so much, and we ask you, ask you to come up and, and open with prayer. Thank you, Donna. Would you bow with me? Father God, we are so blessed this morning to be in your house. Father, to uh, hear the praise. Father, this morning, and just since the spirit that's here, we, Lord, as a pastor, it just rejoices in my heart and my soul to hear the people come together and sing live and, and to worship you. And God, you are worthy of worship. You're worthy of our praise. We thank you for all the many blessings you give us of life. And yes, life has challenges, but God, you promised to be with us there no matter what we face. And on that list, Lord, were people that lost loved ones. There are folks there, Lord, that are going through physical difficulties. And Lord, yes, there's some spiritual concerns. There's a need for our church family here. Father, there are many needs. But you're more than able to meet any and every request that we pass on. And Lord, you tell us that you want us to request. So God, what an amazing God you are that you tell us to cast our burdens, cast our cares, to keep knocking at the door. So Lord, we knock in every name that's mentioned. And Lord, the one on our heart right now, the one especially that is struggling and Lord, making decisions that isn't good. Lord, the one that doesn't know you as personal Savior. Lord God, in our own needs and struggles and Father, many times the sin that so often besets us and attacks us, Lord, we, we cast all of that to you and turn it over to you and ask for your grace and your mercy, which is indeed amazing. So God, we believe that. We know that you're with us. It's just an honor to be in your presence. Father, I pray blessings on everyone, Lord, that's here and listening online, that God, right now, they would feel you. And Lord, through this message, you would speak to their heart. God, we give you permission to challenge us. And yes, Lord, we need encouragement. Maybe we'll laugh. Maybe we'll kind of go, uh-oh. But God, it's all for our good. It's all because you love us. You are our heavenly Father. And a Father who loves us, directs us, gives us discipline sometimes, but it's always, always out of love and for our best. So God, may we be encouraged, may we be challenged. And Father, I pray for the children and all the activities that go on here. And Lord, of course, the missionaries around the world, ministries going on, churches all over. Father, will your will be done. May your presence be just poured out on this nation. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Thank you. I want to thank you for being here. Great spirit this morning. I could hear it with my one ear. Um, this one's uh, kind of plugged this morning. So I, I'm not in stereo uh, this morning. Um, I want to give God thanks this morning. First of all, uh, Dana's listening or watching it at home or in her banished uh, upstairs division. Uh, this morning my wife got COVID, went to a women's retreat and got COVID and 
um, and it was a doozy, but Lord's really touched her and blessed her, and she is uh, feeling good, but still isolating, and I, I want to praise the Lord for his goodness, uh, for allowing me to stay free from that. Actually, I was out of town probably when you're most contagious and before you know, so that was a blessing, and then we've done all we can do, and God's definitely done his part. So I, I give him honor and glory and praise. If I just keep a little distance from you, it's just making sure. I don't want to be the culprit in any way, shape, or form. Uh, but I praise the Lord for that and his goodness. And I know Dana appreciates your, your love and your prayers. I also personally want to thank Carvin. He's awesome. I have faith, and I knew I'd be here by faith, but I also planned. And Carvin was willing to say, yeah, I'll prepare a message. So he's got it for me for the next time. <laughs> and at our age, it probably will be a next time, the way things are going. But he's my buddy. He is awesome. And I want you to honor him and thank him for that as well. Today, we uh, conclude the series, Releasing the Power of Gratitude. We started it with the secrets of a singing heart. And then we talked about... Uh, how it work, whatever our work is, or our retirement, whatever it is, that we are to uh, take that and love it. And we did that, and then we talked about our attitude and needing a gratitude adjustment, and how that we need to wake up and really face how blessed we are. And, you know, when you're sick or your family's sick and you're going through it, you can get into that negative, but you can also turn around and start thinking of the list of things that you don't have, how many of you are at least 60 years of age and falling apart? Don't raise your hands because all of you, okay. All right. All I got to say is there's more parts not falling apart than falling apart, although the numbers begin to even, okay? So you know what I'm talking about. You got to look at it that way. Although I've got several 35-year-olds and 40-year-olds that I know that I've ministered to or, or I'm involved with that go to CrossFit and they tear their bodies up and are getting surgery and having things done like that and all that. Well, I'm beyond CrossFit, <laughs> okay? I'm, I'm wise there. And then we talked about, uh, last time I spoke a couple weeks ago, about not blocking God's blessings by giving thanks and appreciating what we have so God can give us more. Today, I conclude with making those you love feel like. So I want to start with repeating a prayer. It's just three lines. And I want you to repeat this prayer. It's not on your outline. This requires a little bit of short-term memory. And that is we're going to say, uh, Lord, make me thankful. Lord, make me thankful. Lord, help me express gratitude. Okay? That's it. Amen. Okay? All right. So we're going to do this together. First of all, Lord, make me thankful. Lord, make me thankful. Lord, help me express gratitude. Amen. Amen. You know, being thankful to those that are closest to us sometimes is a challenge. I'm talking our spouse, our children, our parents, our intimate close friends, and even our church family. It is a challenge. So I think that I want to talk about that. And the text that we have that I'm going to put up is from Ephesians chapter 5, verses 33, 6 through chapter 6, 4. And Paul's been talking about marriage and husbands and wives, but I want to apply it, yes to that, but also in the intimate family environment with kids and also to your best friends. 
And finally, to our church family, who were so, you guys are so blessed to have a loving church family. Amen? Oh my goodness, you do. So, so the words are, from the NLT, uh, original NLT version is, So again I say, each man must love his wife, how? As he loves himself. And the wife must respect her husband. So it's going back and forth both ways. Children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord. For this is the right thing to do. Honor your father and your mother. This is the first of the Ten Commandments that ends with a promise. And this is the promise. If you honor your father and your mother, you will live a long life full of blessing. And now a word to you fathers. Don't make children angry by the way you treat them. Second text. Proverbs 18.24. Proverbs 18.24. There are friends, quote unquote, who destroy each other. But a real friend sticks closer than a brother. Can anybody say amen to that? And you know, all of us know, but what's the greatest commandments? Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all your soul, with 100% of who you are. And love your neighbor as yourself. Notice here that Paul was saying, love your spouse as you love yourself. The first thing is, you need to love yourself in the right way. We're going to talk a little bit about that today. But God loves us, and if we understand how much God loves us, if we ever really get a glimpse of that, we'll, we'll be a better person and more able to love other people. Do you agree with that? How many of you know when mama's not happy, nobody's happy? Can I? Yeah, boy, several hands went up without asking for them. Well, okay, let me be equal. How many of you know that that daddy's not happy, everybody's not happy. Let's, 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 you know, okay, let's be fair. It works both ways, absolutely. And you know what neighbor really translates is means a near one, someone near to you. So what are some of the benefits of intentionally expressing gratitude to those closest to us? So I have on your outline there, um, it says we need to express relational gratitude because, and I have a few things I'm going to run through real quick. First of all, it reminds us of why we need others. Expressing gratitude, even outwardly, reminds us of why we need others. The Hebrew word for gratitude is really a same root word as confession. So it's kind of like gratitude is saying like, I, if I was talking to, say, Pat, I would say, uh, Pat, I appreciate you. What I'm doing is I am confessing or expressing my need for Pat. It's a confession. And what that is, if, if, if I say you, I confessed, are important to me. That's important. So God said to us, we're not, a, we're not supposed to be alone. How many of you know it says it's not good for man to be alone? Now we always think about that being marriage. But, and, and it talks about in marriage, court of three strands. God and each other. You know, not easily broken. But here's the thing. Paul made it very clear. We're a part of the body. Hillary Clinton and Take a Village didn't start this thing, okay? It's all of us together are part of the body. We need one another, and it reminds us we need one another when we go out of our way to think, you know, I appreciate Brooke and what she does. I'm going to tell her. 
You know? And I thank God you can develop this ability and God can help you be, remember the, we talked about in the sermon, 10 lepers healed and only one came back? How many of you want to be the one? I pray it's every one of you. It will help you your whole life. It's the smartest thing in the world. And especially if it's in your heart, it's doubly smart. And we need to, and you develop that and you tell somebody how much you appreciate them, it will transform your life. And we need that. I got off on that second one. Sorry. It raises their esteem. I didn't say self-esteem. I said esteem because really what I meant is God-esteem. Anyone here like to be appreciated? Absolutely. Absolutely. Geraldine, where are you at? My eyes are terrible. There you are. I had to focus in. That's another part falling apart. Okay? Geraldine, you know you're appreciated when you come back here. You're appreciated when you're gone, but we're glad to have you back. And you know that. And how does it feel? Absolutely, we all. And what it does when people tell you, hey, it's good to see you. I appreciate you. Hey, you know, you mean something to me. That's verbally stating to us that how they see us through their eyes. Does that make sense? So if I say, Terry, I appreciate you for what you did. And she goes, well, that wasn't nothing. But she now knows I saw it and it meant something to me through my eyes. Do you see what I'm saying? That's a cool way to do that. Thirdly, it endears. Endears to means to make dear, to make dear, to make beloved. It endears or draws others to us. This is obvious. We would all rather be around people who appreciate us. There's nobody who wants to be around somebody that's never says anything, never appreciative. And in our family sometimes we can be a little more confrontational and we may be a little more correcting. And at times we need to do that. We need to tell, you know, somebody, hey, you need to, you know, you need to appreciate your wife more. You need to, you know, step it up, son, or whatever it is. You know, those kind of things. But we all want to be around people who express uh, appreciation to us. So guess what? Versa, versa, visa, versa. If you, I want to tell you, I'm giving you some million dollar point. If you want to have friends, be a friend. Hello? I know people that, I don't have any friends. That's because you're a jerk. <laughs> you're not a friend yourself. Only Jesus could love you. You know what I'm saying? Or Southern, bless their heart. All my Yankee friends watching, I'm sorry, we'll, you'll need the spirit to interpret that for you. <laughs> And by the way, when I say y'all, it's you guys, okay? Let's interpret it for you. Okay, the next one is, it gives us balance for when we have to correct or confront. It gives us balance when we have to correct or confront. Now, it's very true in our families, I mentioned it earlier, we're pretty quick to correct and if you're the father or the mother, you have a position to correct. If you're the older sibling, you might have some, you know, need to correct or whatever. But we're quick to correct our kids. And sometimes we're quick to correct our spouse. Uh, sometimes, uh, you know, parents, we, we, we are quick. And some of that's necessary. Trust me, it is. But the only time that our kids hear from us is something, nothing but correction, 
we have a problem. Does that make sense? There needs to be balance. And we got to balance this. And I'll talk about it a little bit later. But, but really, you need to look for ways as a teacher in a classroom. You look for ways for that kid that's hard to appreciate to catch them being good. Like, my God, surely there's something, you know, that I can catch them being good or whatever, you know. And you'd be amazed when you do that how that comes around. And finally, it helps those that we love feel liked. That we know that we like them too. In other words, honestly, there's some moments, some hours, some days that we really don't like the people we're around. Y'all know that. You can have the best marriage in the world. It can be the best of the best. And there's times where I think I need to walk away. I don't think we need to deal with this right now. And it might be I need to pray to God. And really when you're praying to God, you're casting your cares. But he has a way of working through our prayers to have us come around to his way of thinking. You know, country song took that and made a bunch of money out of it, basically. Come around to that way of thinking. You know, we need to have honest, and we need to hear honest appreciation and expression of love. So... How do we raise, how do we raise the gratitude that we have for those closest to us who probably are some that we're least likely to share? And I'm going to kind of hit that this morning. I'm so glad you asked and I've got some points. And by the way, they're not exhaustive. You guys can write some more things on the outline that you think are ways as well. That's great. First of all, those closest to you feel liked when you appreciate them by giving them some of the best of who you are. Give them the best of who you are. Here's the truth. We tend to give, and look, I'm preaching to myself. We tend to give them, those closest to us, the leftovers. Can I get an amen? We do. Okay? Now, when you're dating, you go out of your way to your voice. You put on, you go to the store and buy some brute or some CK1 or whatever that stuff is. You, you know, go to that girl and say, get me some of that sweet smelling stuff. You know what I mean? You, you know, you brush your teeth, you get all smelly, you, you know, get all spiffed up when you're dating and all that. Well, after you've been together a long time or you're married or you're like married for decades or almost half a century or something like that, familiarity sets in. It sets in in any relationship. And then you, a lot of times the people see you all the time at your worst, so it takes a lot more effort to see you at the best. Okay? Y'all have all seen the commercial. I think it's uh, mouth. I think it's a, a maybe TikTok or something like that. You know, and the couple wake up in the trailer or something. Good morning. They go, oh, you know, and they, they oh my gosh, you know, reality set in. You know, that that's what it is. So, Here's what happens. A lot of times those we love and are intimate with and close to, they get the leftovers. And it's because, frankly, we're spent out in the world doing whatever we're doing, and they end up with the, the leftovers of what we have. But we need to give them at least some of the best of who we are. I saw a cartoon in a, used to get a pastor's magazine um, and, and leadership, and the pastor was going off Sunday morning, 
and the wife straightening his tie, you know, it was leave it to beaver for preachers. You know, I mean, it was just June Cleaver fixing his tie. It was so sweet. And the wife said this, just for today, let's trade places. And he, next one, he has a funny look. Why don't you be grumpy at church and, th and cheerful at home? Whoa. Well, the reason I saved that one, because sometimes that can be me. I'm not a morning person. Okay, then you get up in the morning, extra early, of course, and you know, when you wake up a little bit, as you do when you get older, and you wake up a lot, and I start thinking about the sermon, and then this morning I start praying for all these people and the burdens, you know, that's going on, and all these things and everything, and then I start, oh, I got to hurry up and get ready, you know, and you start rushing, and I need to send out a couple texts. Before you know it, you're not the really best to be around. But then when you come to church, you're Pastor Ray. You know what I'm talking about. I have a pastor friend whose church had just exploded in growth. And I remember going there and preaching. He had to preach three times on Sunday morning. I preached two times and I was about drained because I put energy in my sermons. It didn't, you know, just, whew. <laughs> I was, I was drained. They didn't have energy drinks back then or I wasn't addicted to Mountain Dew. I mean, it was, it was tough. And he said Mondays are the worst day of the week for him. He's just drained emotionally, physically, and all that. And so a friend asked him, so you take Mondays off then, you're just so drained. He said, oh, no, no. So said, I'm going back to church and give Mondays back to the people that gave me <laughs> my Monday. In other words, I'm not going to give my wife the worst, you know. And that's sort of how we are sometimes. We don't think about it, but we go home and, and, and you, you know, if we're stuck at home on a, not our best day or we're grumpy, you know, grumpy, grumpy all around, that's to those that we love. And, you know, so, in fact, I think uh, he said, the, the guy, other pastor responded, well, you need to do a Clint Eastwood thing then in your bulletin. Go ahead. Call me on Monday. Make my day. You know. <laughs> if all we give our spouse and kids is the leftovers, really, what are we communicating to those we love? I know we can't do it all the time, but I want to talk about us trying to make intentionally. The scriptures there, children are a gift from the Lord. Sometimes you need to read that. The children are a gift from the Lord. Okay. <laughs> they are a reward from Him. Okay, if you say so, yeah. <laughs> Who can find a virtuous or capable wife? She is worth more than precious rubies. Amen. Husband, I would say right now, who can, I've been counseled with a lot of uh, females, and I'm being honest, who can find a virtuous husband? They don't exist. I'm just telling you. <laughs> It's hard to believe. Absolutely. So if you've got a pretty good one, let's try loving on them or making them better. Okay? Let's try something new. God's Word said that these are treasures and gifts and they need some of the best of what we have. Do you agree with that? You ought to give some of your family the best? Wait till one of them's in intensive care and it's going to rearrange your attitude. When you're sitting in that waiting room you know, for days and days and having your little moments that you go in and you're there with all these families, it has a way of changing your priorities. Number two, demonstrate thankfulness 
at non-traditional times and in thoughtful ways. Non-traditional times and in thoughtful ways. What I mean by non-traditional times, I'm talking about not Christmas, birthdays, Valentine's Day, anniversary. I honestly, don't miss those times, trust me. But that's sort of, you're sort of expected to do that. Proverbs 18, 16 says, giving a gift works wonders. That's Solomon. It may bring you before important people. <laughs> and all God's ladies said, amen, right, okay. Uh, you know, occasionally just come home and bring your husband or your wife some little something. It could be a sonic cherry limeade or a Diet Coke with lime. That's, I know what Dana wants. Or Mexican. I, I know what you want, baby. Mexican. I mean, I, you know, I got it. Just something like that. Just, and of course, the first question, that, so what'd you do? <laughs> or what do you want? Right. In other words, every now and then, seize the moment. As I was driving over here, over, I live on the whole other side of town, over there, you know, past Washington High School, about, about some of us live way over on the other east side, and we're not going on the west, west side like Calhoun, but we're coming, and it was uh, cloudy over there, foggy, and it was even cloudy when I was driving, and there was a cloud over Monroe, but when I crossed the river bridge, <laughs> the sun came out, and all that, man, I had to flip the, you know, it kind of, you know how your phone gets brighter, but mine wasn't reacting, you know. It didn't know what the sun was, so I stuck it up there, you know. And, uh, you know, there was a moment. Seize the moment. Maybe it's just a normal day and do a little gift or something. Uh, maybe jot a note. I mean, just in thoughtful ways. Uh, a girl named Suzanne La uh, Layton was from Michigan, and she was going to college at the University of Alabama. James is so excited. <laughs> She's celebrating her 21st birthday. Her father called her at 11 a.m. there in Tuscaloosa, called her, at, you know, on her birthday and said, how are you doing, and wished her happy birthday. And said, hey, baby, what's your... You know, Susan, what's your plans for today? You know, right now. I said, well, really, I don't have any. Would you like for, to go to lunch? I said, Dad, you're 12 hours away. Why don't you uh, come outside and look? And there he was sitting in a rental car talking to her on the phone. And, of course, he took her out to eat. And she said that that was absolutely the best date I've ever had in my life. Because it was a surprise, it cost something, it was thoughtful. Now, it'd be my luck they wouldn't be there. <laughs> you know, I'm more of a planner, but hey, it's the thought that counts, right? <laughs> so, demonstrate thankfulness at untraditional times and thoughtful ways. Now, you got to have a thought to be thoughtful. So, you have to work on being gra grateful to have gratitude, sometimes you got to work on being a little more thoughtful. And you can come and pay somebody like me $150 an hour to tell you how to be thoughtful. Or you can work on it yourself and ask God to help me be more thoughtful. Number three, learn to appreciate their efforts without critique, even when they fall short 
of your ideals. I told you we we're going to talk about this a little bit later. Learn to appreciate their efforts without critique, even when they fall short of your ideals. Now, one fourth of you in here really need to listen to this. Another half of you need to listen to it. And then there's probably a fourth of you that don't need to hear this. But there's a tendency in some of us to notice what needs to be corrected and, you know, get it fixed and straighten it up. And, and we don't mean it, but we still joy. We're joy stillers. And there's some, you know, y'all know anybody that, that it's like when they walk out of the room, the whole room gets happy and ready to party? Don't be that person. You know, they keep talking to you, keep talking to you, grabbing you or whatever they're doing. And then when they walk out, you go, let's go. You know, we start partying, you know. Well, sometimes we're that way. You know, we don't need to critique all the way. The pastor tells a story of a boy named Sean who wrote an essay. And he was so proud of it. And he brought it home and he gave it to his mother to read. Well, his mother had a master's degree in literature. Probably not the best thing to give your mother, you know. So she started reading it. She went and got a red pen. Reminds me of me. I used to have to proof all these psychological reports. I was director of psychological services for a long time. And especially any that might be legal, I had to proof them. And I, I, they, they ordered me cases of red pens. You know, I just bled all over them, you know. And, and she was correcting it and all that, correcting grammatical areas, misspell words and all that. She hands the paper back and poor Sean bust out in tears. Bust out in tears. And by the way, at this moment, if you don't understand what's going on, you're one of the 25% that really need to hear this. And, and little Sean says, Mom, I didn't want you to fix it. I just wanted you to like it. And, and sometimes we forget we need to be a mom. We need to be a wife. We need to be a husband. We need to be a friend. Now, at times we need to be the corrector. At times we need all those other things. But you know what? We need to balance critique. And if all we're given is critique, we've got a major problem of what we're raising. And frankly, we're not going to have the best marriage in the world. And frankly, we're not going to be the best friend. Oh, here comes Ray. Here's another critique. And he's probably right, but I don't want to hear it, you know. Who, who wants that? I've seen it in sports. Not saying any of you have done it. But I've seen it where, you know, the kid needs a father. He doesn't need another coach. He's already got two or three of those. And blessed be to Adam and others who are also the coach and the father. You know. And you know, sometimes that goes well. But I'm going to be honest. I've seen more times it goes bad being the coach and the father. I'm just being honest. Sometimes that doesn't work. We all know stories of that. They make TV movies about it. You know, look at your outline. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. That's Paul. Solomon says people can get many good things by the words they say. Does anybody think he was very smart? Yeah, you can get a lot of good things with good words. And then, of course, another one. Those who love to talk will experience the consequences. For the tongue can kill or it can nourish life. How many even know that? 
The tongue is very powerful and it can go either way. I saw something back in 2000, it was before 9-11, which obviously is 21st year of that event. But, you know, it's kind of like we've got two things. Before 9-11 and after 9-11, boy, did life change. Before COVID, you know, BC, and now after COVID, AC. Although it's sort of A, sort of after COVID, because <laughs> it kind of never goes away, you know. And it was about um, a person getting a tongue, first tongue transplant. I know several people, I'll donate their tongue. I'm just saying. They need, so maybe if somebody's giving a hard time, say, would you like to donate your tongue to the tongue bank? <laughs> Have you ever heard he's going to get a tongue lashing? Like pull it out, whack, whack. <laughs> Finally, man, I'm off today. Remember, remember this. They don't know for sure what you think. They only know what you say or do. They don't really know for sure what you think, but they do know what you say or do. Many will say, well, they know I love them. My gosh, if I've heard that before. I've heard it from people about Jesus and the Lord. Notice this scripture here in Proverbs. It says, an open rebuke, that's actually scolding, is better than hidden love. Now that's making, a scolding's better than hidden love. So it's saying at least the scolding you're talking to me. Hidden love. What good is hidden love? What good is hidden love for Jesus? I love him but I ain't telling nobody about it. I, I got saved when I was 12 years old and I told him and I went under and that's it. Be like, I married her. 28 years ago, I told her then, don't need to tell her again. <laughs> what good is hidden love? Or to your friends, or, or to those, you know, closest to you. Well, look, here's the scripture we've all read, read at weddings, but I think we need to apply it to our life. Um, this is the NLT. When I do a wedding, I actually read it out of the paraphrase. But, but it says, love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous that's thinking of ourselves, are boastful, proud, or rude. Love does not demand its own way. Love is not irritable and keeps no record of when it's been wronged. My goodness, that's tough. It is never glad about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. And you know what about love? Love will last forever. People will, will remember the love that you have for them. And, and it'll, it'll continue forever. But it's important that we act like love and we apply the love. Life is fragile. So I ask you this morning, do you show love to those in your family? Do you show love to those in your church family? Do you show love to those, you know, that are really, maybe you have responsibility to correct? Each day is precious. So every Sunday we walk in here, 
Every time that we have an opportunity, you never know if you'll see them again or not. That happens, but I'm not doing it because of that. I'm just saying when you see one another, it's okay to say, hey, I love you. I miss you. How are you doing? When somebody hadn't been here in a while and they come through that door, there better not be a greeter or anybody go, hey, what's your name? You know, reach out. And, you know, no. Tell them, if, I mean, that might be cute, cute and jokey or whatever. But the thing is, you tell man, it's good to see you. I've missed you. You know, that's important. Make the most of every opportunity that you have. Because we've received grace, let's give grace. And you know, you're just not guaranteed tomorrow. And if tomorrow comes and I just don't want to have too many regrets. We all got some regrets. But, you know, I, I confess those and try to get better and not have regrets. So at the bottom of your outline, the great commandment question, where you, you know, love God with all your heart and love others the same way. I mean, it's a powerful commandments. And it says all the other laws, Jesus tells us, all the ten, everything else really kind of come down to that. So with that, is Christ Jesus pleased? with how you treat those that you love. Honestly, would they say, I think my mom and dad not only love me, they really like me. And yeah, they, they have to get on to me, but they always tell me how much they love me. So let's release the power of gratitude this morning, amen? Let's release it. The worship team's gonna come up and we're gonna sing. And here's what I'm saying. I think we need to make a commitment. Lord, my, who are your most precious disciples in all the world? I can be the pastor of 10 people, 10,000 people, but my most precious disciples are my wife and I together, my, my daughter, my grandson, and then those in my inner circle, it goes out for there. Jesus, when he was talking about, we go and we start where? In our home, then our city, then our town, then our state, and then around the world. We need to make sure we don't neglect our most precious disciples and let them know they're loved. Amen? Amen? Why don't you stand with us and we'll sing. The psalm reiterates what he said.
Let's close in prayer. Father, it's amazing. Your love is amazing. Your love for us is amazing. And God, with such a powerful, pure love, sometimes it's a wonder how we can mess up like we do. But your love's so amazing, it's there when we mess up. Your grace is amazing. Always encouraging us to love others, to be an ambassador for you. But Lord, I'm not perfect. And you say, yes, I remember forgiving you. You're my child. You're my disciple. You're my ambassador. You have a purpose for us all. So Lord, as we leave this place today, let us leave challenged, but yes, encouraged that God, with your help, we can be more loving. We can express more gratitude, and especially to those that are in our intimate circles in our group. Oh God, put a hedge of protection, especially on families and on the body of Christ in these days. Draw families together, Lord, and draw us all close to you. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Thank you. God bless you.